It's a cell signaling messenger that starts at point A, gets to point B, relays the message, and then the cell says, oh, I got it. I'm going to go do this now. This now. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Mike from the What Up Doc University podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a special topic about hormones. And we're doing a live periscope right now. We're recording this on the podcast and we're also recording this for youtube on the youtube videos and we're talking about hormones this is a a topic that i get a lot of requests on um i get a lot of people asking uh, hey doc what is you know what's the proper balance of hormones my hormones out of whack what do i do about it And, and all that that kind of stuff so i wanted to break this down for something that you can actually digest take home assimilate it and then use it. And uh, one of the things when you hear the word hormones, what do we think? What do we think about? We think about um, your testosterone. We think we think about your estrogen. Uh, we think about all that stuff, but we don't necessarily think about some of the other things that I'm going to talk about today that really impact your health. And as you guys are going to see throughout this, your hormones are probably one of the most important things that you want to keep in balance and you want to make sure that you're monitoring it. That's one of the things that we don't do a lot, right? We don't monitor our hormones. I'm going to talk to you guys about how to monitor your hormones, what's the best ways that, that I recommend. Um, now, the, now, the caveat to this is that this topic is very, very vast. It's it's a huge topic that we can talk about for years, actually. Um, And there's a lot of stuff with hormones that we actually don't understand still yet. Uh, But let's let's look at this. You know, we're going to go over what is a hormone. You know, most people don't even understand what a hormone is. We we have these terms in our culture where I'm getting all hormonal or the teenage raging hormones. Uh, But hormones actually have more functions than we think that it does, right? So we're going to look at the different functions of hormones, how it affects you, and then what you can do about it. So a hormone is basically a molecule that causes different changes in your body. Uh, So it goes from one place and it circulates through your body and causes a change in another cell. And what the cell does with that that hormone uh, is dependent upon what the hormone is and what cell it affects. So basically, it's a it's a cell signaling messenger that starts at point A, gets to point B, relays the message, and then the cell says, "Oh, I got it. I'm gonna go do this now." Okay, and hormones are circulated in your circulatory system. There's over 200 different uh, hormones that we know of, and uh, out of those 200 different hormones, we don't really understand. Probably, I say 50% of all the different functions. We haven't really nailed it down on the different functions of all these hormones. And when we're talking about your hormones, we're we're talking about the endocrine system. You're talking about your pituitary gland. We're talking about your thyroid, adrenals, gonads. All of that stuff encompasses the, um, the endocrine system. And now, in order to understand 
hormones, we got to look at the physiology. Okay. So let's take a look at this, right? So for those of you who are listening on the podcast, we're, we're, we're recording this on a video and um, I want you guys to go into whatupdocuniversity.com and the video is going to be posted there. I, w- I want you to see this graphic. For those of you on the Periscope, look at this graphic, okay? So here's how hormones work. Everything starts in your brain. Now, let me back this up. Before we had uh, at, uh, advances in technology and on looking at how the human body functions, They once thought that hormones was just an effect of the organ that was producing the response. So when we looked at testosterone, we looked at the gonads as being the the sole responsible organ for that production. And then as as we advanced in technology, we found out that the brain, surprise, surprise, the brain controls everything and... Everything starts with the brain. And now, particularly within the brain, we're looking at this place called the hypothalamus. So essentially what happens is that the hypothalamus tells the pituitary gland to make these hormones that will activate different hormones, which will then travel to end organs. So it's kind of like the hypothalamus is like the boss. And then the hypothalamus tells the the workers within the manufacturing plant hey, I want you guys to go and make these things. So then the workers go and then they create all of this stuff within the factory, which then gets out to the consumers, which is the end organ. And then the consumers do whatever they do with that that product that was produced and create different things. Okay, So then the end organ uh, has receptors. Now, when the hormones gets to the organ, it latches onto a receptor and then it creates a change within that cell. And whatever the cell is going to do with it is what it's going to do with it. Now, the cell could produce, in the case of thyroid, it could produce thyroid hormone. So the hypothalamus tells a pituitary gland to make a, a hormone that will activate the thyroid to make thyroid hormone. And then as the thyroid produces more hormones, it goes back to the brain and says, we made enough, now shut off that response that's telling us to make more. That's how it's supposed to work. It's called a negative feedback loop. So let, let's reiterate that again. The hypothalamus tells the pituitary to make more uh, activating hormones. The organ then makes the hormone, and the hormone that's produced in and of itself goes back to the brain to shut off production. That's how it's normally supposed to happen, Okay. And you look at the hormones in your body, it affects almost everything. Digestion, your metabolism, how fast your metabolism is, how slow your metabolism is, uh, controls your weight, uh, helps your body to repair tissues. Uh, Here's a big one right here. Mood, affects your mood, uh, affects reproduction, whether you reproduce or not, okay? Uh, Affects your response to stress. Um, affects growth and development and it also affects a big one that we don't really take into account here which is sleep as this is a big one this is a big part of your health regimen and we're going to go over that uh, later on there so some of the organs that we want to really um, really keen on for the endocrine system would be the hypothalamus the pineal gland pituitary gland primarily in your brain and then you have your other glands uh, like the thyroid, adrenals, parathyroid, 
And then we have other things that we don't necessarily associate directly with the endocrine system, but these are these are organs that have a secondary endocrine function like your liver, your pancreas, your kidneys, um, even your gastrointestinal system. Your GI tract produces a lot of hormones. And that's why I'm a, I'm a big proponent for healthy digestion and making sure that your body is digesting the food that you're eating properly because that affects the different things like your hormones in your body and also affects your brain chemistry, your neurotransmitters. And neurotransmitters, by the way, we're going to talk about this later on in, in a couple more episodes. Neurotransmitters are kind of like hormones, uh, but hormones travel within the bloodstream and neurotransmitters travel from nerve to nerve. Okay. Now, the, the, the different organ targets that we're looking at here would be like, like your heart, um, bone, muscle, even fat tissue. These are, these are different um, target tissues that, that these hormones are, are looking at, right? So let's take a look at here. So here's what happens when we're looking at dysfunction, okay? So dysfunction is basically proper function going wrong. So we got to look at, at, at the... At the, at the whole freeway of how the hormones are reacting here, right? So we can have a dysfunction in the production of or the signaling of production in, in the hormonal system, in the endocrine system here, where the hypothalamus is producing either too much or too little of activating hormones. Um, you can have an altered formation of the hormone itself. So the way I like to explain hormones uh, in so there's a hormone and there's a receptor. It's kind of like a lock and a key. So you you come to your house, you have a lock on your door, where some people still have locks on their doors. Some people actually don't. There's there's all these technology where you don't need locks on your doors, but that's for another topic. Um, but you have a, a, a key and a lock, and you put the key into the lock, and it unlocks the door, and you can enter into your house. Now, what happens if the key is a different shape or the lock is a different shape now they don't work together anymore so you can't open the door so sometimes what can happen is you don't have enough keys so you have a, a thousand locks but you only make 10 keys so you won't unlock all the locks or you can have you can have the right number of keys, right number of locks, but the keys don't match up with the locks anymore. You still can't get in the door, right? Or the you try to put the you try to put the key into the lock, but the the there's something already in the lock. You know, somebody shoves something in the lock. That's what can happen in your cells. There can be something sitting in the receptors already, and the. Or the receptor in and of itself can change its shape. And we're going to talk about why it changes its shape. Um, the other thing too is, say now you you put the lock into the, or the key into the lock. Now, it doesn't turn. You know, you can't turn the lock anymore. So you, you in, in the case of cell physiology, the cell doesn't function like it's supposed to with that proper signaling. Or... You've you've put in the the key into the lock. You've turned it. You've made you've opened the door, and all of a sudden you realize this is not even my house anymore. 
And that's what happens to a lot of people is that you have an altered cellular response where the cell you put in the right type of uh, hormone, but the cell isn't making the right type of response with the hormone that it's being activated with. So all these things can go wrong, right? So here, here, let me reiterate that again. Altered hormonal creation, altered hormone forms, the receptor dysfunction, altered signal transduction, and then altered cellular response. Now, one of the big things I want to talk about in the altered cell, uh, the, the receptor dysfunction is what really changes the shape of a cell receptor. Now, there, there are a myriad of things, but the one I want, there's a couple I want to point out is if you look at a cell, the cell is, is, in, a, um, is in an extracellular matrix. So the cell receptors are being, are being bombarded by this extracellular fluid. Yeah, and it's it, so imagine like you're an island and you have all this ocean around you and the the ocean is is, is fine it's not polluted all that stuff but the, the moment you start polluting that ocean you can't utilize the ocean anymore you can't fish out of it you can't swim in it you can't do anything with it and that's the same thing that's happening in your body is when we're altering the extracellular fluid around a cell the cell can't function properly, more so the receptors. And all these studies have shown that when you alter the pH of the extracellular fluid, if it becomes more acidic or too alkaline, you know, if it goes either or out of balance, the cell receptors changes its shape. Now, the bigger thing is that when you return the extracellular fluid back into its balance, that's when the receptors go back into its proper physiological functioning. Yeah. Um, other things too is nutrient levels in the extracellular fluid become very, very important. Um, so the nutrient levels, the, the level of toxicity becomes important. If you have low levels of toxicity, then the extracellular fluid is clean. Just like if you have a unpolluted ocean, you, the, 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 surround, the, the fish that you swim in it, you can eat it, unlike most of the fish today. Now, let's... Let's take a look at what will influence your hormones. So one of the things that we want to, we want to, I guess, understand with, with hormones is that it is very dependent upon situations. What I mean is that hormones aren't being activated all the time. It's dependent upon what's happening in your environment. So it, hormones are an adaptative response to what's happening in your environment. Okay, So if you don't get anything from that, remember that is your hormones adapt to your environment. Now, what happens is that if we understand that, now if we understand that our hormones are out of balance, we need to address not the hormones itself, but more so our environment and when I say environment, we're looking at these, these six things, okay? First one being stress. Now, how many of you guys are stressed? And everybody should say yes. We're all stressed. We're stressed out beyond, beyond measure here. We're stressed out and it is affecting our health. Look at that. Somebody said, I am stressed out. Yeah. Everybody's stressed out. The mere fact that you are alive, you are stressed out. Now, 
stress isn't a bad thing, by the way. You know, I, I did a Periscope a, a couple, I guess a couple months ago now, where I talk about stress. And we're going to talk a lot more about this. And I'm actually uh, putting together a course right now where you guys are going to be able to learn what is happening in your body during stress and also what's happening when you help your body to cope with stress. Um, so the first thing you got to look at is how stress is affecting your body. And then you need to do two things. One is you need to de-stress. Okay? And there's a lot of things you can do for de-stressing like meditation, yoga, exercise. You got to de-stress. Uh, for women, so women, listen to this. There's studies that show that women surrounding surrounding themselves with other women that are like-minded. Key point here is like-minded is that this female bond association secretes more oxytocin. Oxytocin is a hormone that creates this well feeling of well-being, um, this nurturing, this loving, and it decreases the amount of stress hormones. Okay. So women, hang out with other like-minded women. Now, when you're hanging out with other like-minded women, do not gossip, do not backbite, do not do all of these things that increase your stress levels. Hey, that's one of the biggest things that influence women on a social aspect. So don't do that. Um, guys, on the other hand, guys gotta they gotta make sure that they're bonding with other guys that are like-minded as well. But they're doing things that elevate their level of consciousness. See, other guys hang out with other guys to prove what who's the alpha male. That will increase more stress levels. So de-stressing and decreasing your stress load. If you know that you're doing stuff that's stressing you out, stop doing that. Right? That's just logical. If you know that um, going to bed at 3 o'clock every single morning is increasing your stress load, stop doing that. If you know that that uh, every morning when you wake up and you watch CNN or something like that that's freaking you out, stop doing that, okay? Next one is we got to look at the changes in your blood. We're, we're looking primarily with the number of electrolytes or the types of electrolytes that's getting into your blood, nutrients, uh, your pH balance, uh, toxins, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we got to make sure that that's in balance. We got to make sure that you're hydrated, that you have enough fluid in your blood uh, circulatory system. Next one is infections. You know how many people have undiagnosed subclinical infections floating around in their body that, that's really wreaking havoc? And here's another surprising one that, that freaks a lot of people out, especially for women. Okay, So we're using too much of this um, antibacterial soaps. We're using too much of this um, antibacterial hand washes and all this kind of stuff. And it's really increasing the bacterial load on our body because there's there's a chemical in the in these antibacterial soaps called triclosan. And triclosan for women will increase, oh, I should say for men as well, but more so for women. This is very important now. That triclosan will increase your levels of estrogen and will decrease your levels of your thyroid hormones. So these, uh, I, I see a lot of, especially moms, right? They carry around the, these hand sanitizers in, that really don't do you any good. Uh, stick with just regular soap. And the reason why I say these hand sanitizers don't do, don't do you any good is because they contain all these different chemicals, one. And two, they contain that one chemical is uh, triclosan. Uh, great question. How do we detect subclinical infection? Uh, well, 
my my basic answer for that is almost everybody has a subclinical bacterial infection or parasitic infection in their body. Now, the, your your immune system is supposed to be able to handle that. So that's my blanket answer. Your immune system is supposed to be able to take care of all these subclinical infections so it doesn't break out into massive uh, infections in your body. So if you're keeping your immune system up, you're making sure you're decreasing stress and you're increasing nutrient loads, decreasing the amount of toxins you're taking in and increasing the amount of toxins you're getting out, you should be taken care of. Okay? And you stay away from the things that increase infections like antibacterial soaps. Next one is toxins. Now, we all know about toxins. I live in, I live in Southern California where you can see air and you can taste water and you're not supposed to be able to do that. Uh, so we're always being bombarded by toxins every single day. Uh, you, you guys got to stay away from plastics. Even if it says BPA-free, I've seen so many studies that have shown that even if it says BPA-free, it's still leaching bisphenol A into your bloodstream. So just stay away from as many plastics as possible, canned, canned foods. Stay away from those. Uh, for women... Okay, stay away from cosmetics and uh, uh, lotions and potions that have parabens in it. Uh, they've done numerous studies where they've shown that um, uh, breast cancers have almost every single one has parabens located in them, right? So toxins, you guys, you guys know a lot about toxins. I can't, I don't have to talk to you guys too much about toxins. The last one, uh, just second to the last one, I should say, is diet and lifestyle. Okay, so diet and lifestyle. Here's here's a here's ones that I always instruct my patients on what they need to be doing. They need to stay away from unsprouted grains. So if you go to your your grocery store and you're buying breads, and it says twelve grain, seven grain, or whatever, stay away from those. You need the sprouted grains. The unsprouted grains are just wreaking havoc upon your system. Okay, uh, sugars. You all know that. Alcohol, smoking, even low fat diets. Low-fat diets are one of the worst things we probably invented and, and, and perpetuated in health marketing is you need to stay away from fat. That's one of the biggest BSs that we've ever created because if you decrease the amount of fats, one, you're taking in foods that have more sh hidden sugars in them and you're also increasing inflammation because you're not getting en enough omega-3 fatty acids into your system. So you're increasing the amount of inflammation, which then increases the amount of cortisol and this whole stress response in your body, which then ultimately leads to a lot of degenerative diseases. Next thing you guys have to make sure that you're doing is you're eating organic meats, okay, and organic foods, to say the least, but organic meats, because one of the things that's really big in, uh, in meats is antibiotics, and, and this is going to wreak havoc upon your gut and when you got gut imbalances your whole body starts to dysfunction and your hormones just go out of whack okay your hormones is just out of whack because you're eating the antibiotics and growth hormones that they're putting in these these animals so imagine if imagine the amount of growth hormone they're putting in a cow right and then you're eating that how much is that affecting you and that's the stuff that we don't we don't think about. Yeah, you need a farm, right? Everybody, that's the way that's where we used to live. Is we used to grow our own food, we used to grow our own livestock, and everybody was happy. 
Now, you can't necessarily do that in modern in our, in the modern day and age that we live in today. Some people can, some people can't. But there are things that we can do. And this is what I'm going over right here. Things that you need to do. These are the top five things that I recommend to every single patient. First one is managing your stress levels. And we talked about how to do that. Yoga, meditation, exercise. And when we talk about exercise, there's another part of exercise that will increase your stress levels, which is over-exercising. I treat a lot of women who over-exercise and they complain of having missed periods. They're like, I haven't had my period for an entire year. And then they complain of fatigue and they complain of all these other things. It's because they're over-exercising. Remember, exercise is still a stress. At one point, it's a good stress. And then at another point, it's a bad stress. Uh, so we want to make sure that we manage your stress levels. We want to make sure that you keep your exercise regimens within manageable levels and that you're not overdoing that. Okay. Next one is proper nutrition. And this, uh, almost everybody knows what proper nutrition is, but nobody ever does that, right? And we don't, we don't do that on a, on, a, on a regular basis. So proper nutrition, you want to get your your diet has to be the the most clean thing here, right? Your diet is of utmost importance. Some people, what they do is they turn towards supplementation, you know, automatically. And supplementation is exactly what it says it is. It's to supplement. Your diet is primary. Your supplements are supplementary, okay? So your diet has to be clean. Everybody knows what that means. It, basically, it's just getting off of the junk that you're already eating, so if you're eating at McDonald's five times a week, don't do that. Stay away from stay away from what you're currently doing. Okay. Supplement as necessary. Now, for when we're talking specifically about hormones, I want to um, turn look at two different things. One is magnesium. Magnesium is is a very very important mineral. Okay. Next one I want to talk about is your B vitamins because your B vitamins will actually help a lot of your hormonal production. So. You want to make sure that you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables that contain a lot of magnesium. Uh, and, and you can look this up on online. You can find all the different fruits and vegetables. I won't list them off here. Uh, and also B vitamins, which is basically all of your dark green leafy vegetables have good amounts of B vitamins. And the other part of your diet, and, and this is also a supplementary thing too, is high quality proteins and fats. So making sure that the proteins that you're eating are high quality. You know, you can't just say, oh, well, uh, hey, doc, I went and I went to, uh, I don't know, 7-Eleven and I got a Slim Jim and a Slim Jim's protein. So that's not, uh, you know, carbohydrate or whatever. And yeah, that's that doesn't cut it. Okay? You got to make sure that your protein that you're eating is high quality. Make sure that it's 100% grass fed. A couple of days ago, I actually posted an article about grass fed beef, by the way. And a lot of grass-fed beef are not grass-fed 100%. They're grass-fed for like a little bit, and then they're corn-fed the rest of the way. So make sure that you're doing your research on the, the, the proteins and fats that you're consuming. Make sure that the fats you're consuming are, are primarily omega-3 fatty acids. So like flax seeds, uh, cold water fishes, smaller fishes are high in omega-3 fatty acids. Number three, you have to detoxify. I always recommend doing a detoxification program at least twice a year. In my office, we use the Better Body System. We, uh, I, I encourage patients to do it on January. 
and then again maybe in July. Um, some people do it more than two times a year, but two times a year is your base minimum. You need to detoxify. And the reason being is we live in a toxic world. Go back to the first podcast, no, second podcast we did, and we I talk about toxins in our environment, and it's just ubiquitous. So if you're not keeping ahead of the game, the toxins are just going to build up and you're going to wreak havoc upon your body. Okay? So the more toxins you get out of your body and the less toxins you take in, that's the best thing for your system. Okay, the next one is optimizing your digestion. One of the biggest things I see for patients is faulty digestion. As you age, you decrease the amount of enzymes your body secretes for digestion and you decrease the amount of hydrochloric acid to break down the proteins in your system. So you got to be aiding your body two ways. One, you're eating less or, or less dense foods and you need to help your body to digest. You need to be eating more raw foods primarily if your body can handle that. And you need to aid your digestion maybe with a digestive aid or maybe with a hydrochloric acid supplement that will help break down the foods even more. So um, digestive enzymes that also has protease in that, that that will help break down the enzymes. Protease, amylase, which will break down the sugars, and lipase, which will break down the fat. So you get a complete breakdown of all three macronutrients. And then also hydrochloric acid, uh, if you have severe um, hypochlorhydria, where your body doesn't make enough uh, hydrochloric acid. So you want to make sure that you're optimizing all of that stuff so that you can break down the foods before it starts getting to your small intestine. Because undigested foods, guys, when it gets to your small intestine and large intestine, wreaks havoc upon your system because you, it activates your immune system and you create a lot of inflammation with undigested foods, which then leads to allergies and a whole plethora of all these things. Um, the last one is sleep. Okay. How many of you guys like, love to sleep? There's, there's, there's a couple aspects with sleep. Some people are sleeping too little. Some people are sleeping too much. So when we look at sleep, we're looking primarily at, you know, how your body goes back into repair and your body has to get into the repair mode. And that only happens during sleep, guys. During sleep, your body produces a lot of growth hormone. Growth hormone is going to help repair all the damage that's done during the day. So if you're doing more damage than repair, what happens? Your body just falls apart. Okay, So we need to make sure that we're getting enough sleep. And I'm more concerned about the quality of sleep than the quantity. Because sometimes I see patients that will that will sleep too much and it won't do their body any good. They'll sleep, they'll say, doc, I get 10, 11 hours of sleep a night. And I'm like, okay, but your body is still breaking down. And that's because their body is not getting into REM sleep enough. So you could be sleeping for 10 hours, but you're only in REM for about 15 minutes. And one of the things that is occurring there is your body's not producing enough melatonin um, and one of the big things for melatonin is magnesium and vitamin B. So getting enough of that in your diet and supplementing that as well will help your body to produce enough melatonin so that your body can get into REM faster and stay in it longer so that you can produce a lot of growth hormone. So these are things that, that we need to do is you're managing stress, you're managing your nutrition, detoxifying, you're optimizing your digestion and doing all those things. 
So that's pretty much the basics of, of what I have for, for you guys for hormones. Now, on, on the subsequent episodes, what I want to talk about is we want to we get a little bit more specific in looking at the different effects of hormones. We're going to talk about cancer. We're going to talk about diabetes, uh, hypo-hyperthyroidism. Uh, we want to talk about pregnancy. Uh, we want to talk about um, anxiety, depression. All of those things are affected by your hormones. Now, one of the things I do want to end with because I, I, I get a lot of questions for this is about pregnancy. And it's just going to be really brief and, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not an obstetrician or, or gynecologist, um, but I deal with a lot, a lot of women in, during their pregnancies. And, and what usually happens during your pregnancies is that in your first first trimester, you're going into the pregnancy with your adrenal glands in a depleted state. So you're going into where you're you're highly stressed out, okay? And you find out you're pregnant, you get even more stressed out. And then you're, the pregnancy in and of itself is an added stress. And you become into this state where you're hypersensitive, where you're, you're, your body is just on alert. Now, as the fetus starts to develop, Going towards probably, you know, like the second to third trimester, mom starts to feel better. Energy starts to increase. Mood starts to stabilize. Uh, morning sickness starts to go away. All of that stuff. And what's happening here is that mom is starting to borrow hormones from the developing fetus. Okay, And what happens during about the second to third trimester is that the, the, the baby is growing its adrenal glands. And the adrenal glands become hypertrophies or it becomes bigger and mom starts to borrow the hormones that the baby is making now what happens is that after the third trimester comes birth and when the when the mom gives birth supply is cut off so now two things happen mom becomes depressed uh, lethargic what we call postpartum depression now again this is only like part of it but this is a big part of it so mom's supply of hormones was cut away from the by the baby because the baby's now gone from the mom, and mom goes into postpartum depression because it's not because she's not getting enough hormones from the baby anymore, and now the baby become comes out depleted, and I see a lot of kids that come out with hypersensitive reactions, allergies, um, colic, uh, all these different inflammatory diseases that's that we so you know usually see in older ages is now happening at birth and then mom goes through this period where she's just uh, she's lost and hormones are, are totally depleted which then affects the relationship which then affects it all of life so you can kind of see how having hormonal balance is uh, is very very important so we want to dive into this a little bit more in subsequent episodes but I wanted to give you guys a brief overview for pregnancies because I know there's a, there's a lot of women out there that are asking about the pregnancies and uh, what do I do about that, right? That's a big thing is what do I do about that? One of the biggest things I recommend for all my patients and then we did this for my wife as well through all of her pregnancies is to detoxify before pregnancy, making sure that you're doing right, right where it says here, managing your stress levels, proper nutrition, detoxify, get your digestion going and then getting enough sleep. Hey, you guys want to be doing that. Um, so 
that's pretty much what I have for you guys today. Uh, hope for you guys, you guys like this episode. If you guys do, please share this with your friends and family. Share the podcast. And thank you guys. Aloha and be well. <laughs>